Deep Neural Networks as Scientific Models, an article by Radislaw Tsitschi and Daniel Kaiser from Freie Universität Berlin, Berlin, Germany, Cell 2019. Artificial Deep Neural Networks, DNNs, initially inspired by the brain-enabled computers to solve cognitive tasks at which humans excel. In the absence of explanations for such cognitive phenomena, in turn cognitive scientists have started using DNNs as models to investigate biological cognition and its neural basis, creating heated debate. Here we reflect on the case from a perspective of philosophy of science. After putting DNNs as scientific models into context, we discuss how DNNs can fruitfully contribute to cognitive science. We claim that beyond their power to provide predictions and explanations of cognitive phenomena, DNNs have the potential to contribute to an often overlooked but ubiquitous and fundamental use of scientific models. Exploration The Contested Value of Deep Neural Networks in Cognitive Science in recent years, neurally-inspired artificial deep neural networks, DNNs, have revolutionized first computer vision and subsequently other domains such as natural language processing, control and planning, and navigational tasks. DNNs are computational models consisting of many simple processing units that walk in parallel and are arranged in interconnected layers. Simple Neural networks consist of an input layer and an output layer. When more layers are stacked, the networks are called deep. A DNN learns to perform particular tasks through training, during which the strength of connections between units is learned. Subsequently, the trained DNN is used to perform the same tasks on novel inputs. While DNNs were built with an engineering goal in mind, for example, to make a computer solve a particular classification problem, recruiting DNNs for cognitive science might yield useful insights. In this spirit, researchers have shown that DNNs predict human perceptual similarity judgments and outperform any other model in accounting for neural activity in primate sensory cortices. However, this use of DNNs has sparked heated debate of its scientific value. The goal of this opinion article is to evaluate what is at stake from a bird's eye view. Here we discuss how philosophy of science informs the debate on DNNs. Specifically, we first put DNN models into a broader context, arguing that they find their place in the plurality and diversity of models in cognitive science. Next, we discuss DNNs in the context of the two main goals of science, prediction and explanation. We claim that DNNs have diverse virtues for both goals. Finally, we draw attention to exploration as a fundamental modeling practice. We claim that by virtue of their excellent exploratory potential, DNNs can play an important role in scientific progress. The Nature 
of good scientific models. To evaluate whether the NNs are good scientific models, we need to agree on what makes a good model in the first place. Can we formulate a list of properties good models fulfill and check DNNs against these properties? Or can we select a particular model that we believe to be an excellent scientific model as a standard and compare DNNs against it? Reflecting on the use of models in a broader scientific context, we argue that the case is not as simple as that. No one perfect model, necessary trade-offs. One way to determine what makes a good model is to define what would make the best model and then compare. Can we have the one perfect model for any one phenomenon of interest in cognitive science? Is the current stake of model diversity therefore an interim stage to be overcome? We claim that this is unlikely as favoured properties of models in cognitive science have to be treated against each other and no single model can fulfil all of them. This is the rate fall into two classes, theoretical and non-theoretical. Theoretical desiderator for models of biological phenomenon are precision, realism, and generality. If the class of phenomena to be modeled is fully homogeneous, that is, all members of the class have the same properties, precision, realism, and generality can be achieved simultaneously. However, when this is not the case, a model cannot be fully precise and general. The behaviour and brains of biological beings are not homogeneous at any scale. They are different between species and individuals and they change with experience and across their lifespan. Thus, there cannot be one model that is perfectly precise and general or realistic and general simultaneously. Indeed, there will be many models fulfilling this data differentially well. For example, we can either model vision for a particular person or across a group of people or for a diverse set of organisms, but not for all of them at once. Making the model's target and the theoretical desiderate explicit is thus necessary to enable proper judgment about modeling, success and its comparison to other models. Transfer to the debate on DNNs, critique or precise about DNNs achievement can only be appreciated with respect to the desiderata pursued and what was intended to be modelled with what aim. In scientific practice, no theoretical desiderata, that is, practical considerations such as speed of computation, easy of manipulation and ethical considerations often take precedence of a theoretical desiderator. Imagine we had a model of the brain that fulfills all theoretical desiderata but is too slow to compute interesting results at relevant time scales. In this case, a model that sacrifices theoretical desiderata for speed is scientifically preferred. As another example, consider animal models. While for theoretical reasons, an animal might be a suitable model for humans. Ethical limitations on animal experiments can pose severe constraints. DNNs excel in these non-theoretical data. They compute cheaply and swiftly 
and the investigation has fewer ethical limits than many other models. DNNs is one of a diverse set of models. Given the need for many different optimal models, will all those models ultimately be of the same kind? For example, all DNNs or will they be diverse? We offer a plausibility argument. Be wondering diverse sets of models coexist and enjoy continuous success across scientific disciplines. There are different degrees of maturity. This set includes single equations, physical scale models that are copies of the phenomenon, and complex computation models. In cognitive science, the set ranges from box and arrow models to computational models, dynamical systems, and wall animals. The coexistence and continuous success of diverse models across scientific disciplines and at different degrees of maturity speaks against the idea of a single best kind of model. Instead, it argues for embracing the plurality and diversity of models. Transferred to the debate on DNNs, this suggests that at any time a single unified model unlikely will do all the work in cognitive science, but that a multitude of different models will. We thus plea to neither dismiss DNNs prematurely nor to envision them as the kind of model that cognitive science will ultimately progress to. The origin of models is scientifically irrelevant. In spite of the plurality and diversity, models can often consider scientific by virtue of a common origin. They are all derived from a theory of instantiate or tested theory. However, this proposal squares badly with scientific practice. Models are rarely straightforwardly deduced from theory. One cannot push a button in the theory and the model pops out. Most similar to the artistic process than logical deduction, there is no codified set of rules in model building. Instead, the process often involves creativity, chance and transfer. Furthermore, as mentioned above, model building involves fulfilling non-theoretical desiderata, such as simplification and approximation. The DNNs used today in cognitive science are not derived from theory to test particular predictions of that theory. Admittedly, DNNs are loosely inspired by classical theories of biological brain function, but they were not built to test those theories. Therefore, the hijacking of DNNs by cognitive scientists is more analogous to the use of ready-mades in art. However, this is no reason to dismiss the model as the original DNNs plays a no role for their scientific value. In sum, putting DNNs as models in cognitive science into the broader context of scientific modeling in general, we made three observations. 1. All models of cognitive phenomena constitute trade-offs between this generator and also DNNs of a unique strength and weaknesses. 2. The set of models used in cognitive science is diverse and DNNs are one particular useful kind. And 3. 
the origin of a model is irrelevant for its scientific value, and so are the DNN's origins. Having established their place among a diverse set of models, we discuss how DNN's fare in scientific prediction, explanation, and exploration. The predictive power of DNNs. In technology and engineering, the primary goal is to create artifacts that do things, while explanation often takes a second place. Are DNNs useful in cognitive science in this way? While DNN critics concede the predictive power of DNNs, they often dismiss it as less valuable for science than explanation. Here we affirm the value of prediction on two grounds. A pragmatic reason is that due to its predictive power, DNN could be used akin to a tool to reach practical aims without direct occurrence to explanation. One promising feature direction is medical applications. Imagine a patient that has a lesion in visual cortex, for example, through a stroke and consequently suffer from a loss of object vision. For this patient, an artifact predicting brain activity in the damaged cortex, such as a DNN, could serve as a prosthesis. The scientific benefit is in predicting and thus substituting brain function, explanation and understanding are secondary. Admittedly, current DNNs are far from perfect in mimicking the full neuron dynamics of visual cortex and object recognition behavior that would be necessary to restore visual functions falsely. The roughly modeled neural signals about an object's category, location and pose. However, for patients facing a sudden loss of object vision, even an imperfect restoration of such basic abilities would be medically highly relevant. Another promising application is in non-invasive experimental control of brain activity. Recent research has demonstrated the feasibility of using DNNs for systematically manipulating brain activity in visual regions V1 and V4. By using DNNs to predict visual brain responses, the authors were able to synthesize images that drove neural assemblies into predetermined desired states. These experimental control over brain activations promises new insights into neural functioning. For example, consider the interplay of multiple brain regions during sensory processing. Using optimal stimuli derived from DNN analysis allows for tightly controlling activity in one region while establishing the workings of another region. A second more theoretical reason is that predictive power can be stepping stone towards explanation. Consider the benchmarking of different models with respect to how well they predict brain activity. For one, this comparison allows cognitive scientists to pre-select models performing well as promising candidates for further inquiry. Second, comparison of models differing in success might reveal factors relevant for their success and thus contribute to explanation. Third, predictive power ultimately is a criterion for successful explanation. We cannot be satisfied with a model that offers an explanation, but also does not predict well. 
current DNNs thus constitute a clear quantitative challenge to current and future models that aim at offering scientific explanations. In sum, we argue that the predictive power of DNNs is useful for cognitive science in two ways. It allows DNNs to be used to pursue practical aims such as experimental control or neural substitution, and it is a stepping stone towards explanation. We turn next to how DNNs can do explanatory work proper. The explanatory power of DNNs. How can a model do explanatory work in cognitive science? The blueprint notion many researchers have in mind is so-called mathematical theoretical modeling. There are a few relevant variables for describing a phenomenon identified. It is hypothesized how they interact and the variables and their interaction are modeled mathematically. Each variable is a priori linked to a part of the phenomenon modeled in the world, such that changes in the model variable are directly interpretable. The model is transparent. Compared to this class of models, DNNs indeed look different. A DNN often has millions of parameters that are learned by the network rather than being set a priori. It is therefore not immediately apparent how the variables map onto the wood and how they interact among each other. Without fully understanding its inner workings, the DNN appears as a black box. This poses a challenge for explanations based on DNNs. One cannot explain one black box by another. To make the distinction more concrete, consider research on visual representations in primates. Mathematical theoretical modeling identified a few variables, for example, spatial filters and geometrical primitives that can be directly linked to cortical activations. By contrast, DNN-based modeling yields no a priori mapping between model parameters and neurons. A DNN's many parameters are learned during training in a non-transparent way. From the perspective of the mathematical theoretical modeler, using DNNs to predict brain activations may appear questionable. Should we therefore conclude that DNNs have no explanatory power? There are at least three mutually non-exclusive reasons why we should not. The first argument is that DNNs do provide an explanation but of a qualitatively different kind. The answer to a question such as why does a DNN unit behave such and such is not because it represents this or that feature of the world, but because the unit needs to respond such in order to fulfill its function in enabling a particular objective, such as object recognition. That is, the nature of the explanation is teleological. A second perspective is that appearance is deceptive. ADNNs are effectively used in the same way as traditional mathematical theoretical models. After all, DNNs are fundamentally defined by a handful of parameters set a priori, such as architecture, training material, training procedure and objective. 
These variables directly refer to specific phenomena in the world. The model is thus transparent and has explanatory power. The fact that the handful of variables in DNNs is different from the handful of variables in other models is not a problem by itself, but follows from the fact that models differ in what aspects of the phenomenon they emphasize and which they hide. Furthermore, the fact that historically DNNs were first compared to the brain without explicit identification of the crucial parameters relevant for explanation is neither a principled reason that DNNs cannot provide explanations of this kind. Last, the fact that a parameter such as training material is in fact a very complex set of data does not defeat its use as a single, simple parameter in an explanation. In the context of DNN modeling, it reflects one single relevant part of the DNN modeling procedure, such an abstraction from fine-grained levels of description into single parameters at higher levels of description is common practice in the modeling of complex phenomena. Naturally, this is no way precludes the possibility of explanatory attempts at a finer, greener level of description. A third perspective is that immediate opaqueness is only an intermediary stage that will be overcome by DNN models' strong potential for post hoc explanations. There is a growing method repertoire to make DNN computations explicit through visualization, text description, or finding representative examples. Uncovering the mapping between model variables and words could make DNNs transparent and thus explanatory. As such, DNNs in cognitive science appear no different than model organisms in biology. While model organisms are opaque, and transfer of insight from model to target phenomenon requires additional work, the explanatory value in providing experimental access is well acknowledged. Note also that complex models might be inevitable for modeling complex phenomena such as human behavior and brain activity that depends on large amounts of words, knowledge that cannot be easily summarized. Simpler models might not be able to capture the knowledge. The goal must therefore be to reduce opaqueness, but not at the price of predictive power. Together, we presented three different perspectives from which DNNs have explanatory power. 1. They provide teleological explanation. 2. Despite their deceptive appearance, they provide the same explanations as traditional mathematical theoretical models, and three, owing to their complexity, they have strong potential for post hoc explanations. We now turn to a third, often underappreciated role of scientific models beyond prediction and explanation exploration. The exploratory power of DNNs. An idealized view of natural science is that it proceeds by deriving hypotheses from a theory and testing them in experiments. But what to do is a fully pledged 
and convincing theories missing. Then we need to explore to create starting points for new theories rather than predict or explain. This means a shift of perspective from models as tools for prediction or akin to theories for explanation to exploration. Observing the scientific practice indicates that exploration is an omnipresent strategy. We learn from models by building and manipulating them. Modelers play with their models, exploring how they behave and getting a feel for them. How do DNNs in cognitive science fit in this picture? We claim that they contribute to explanation exceedingly well. First, the absence of a fully-fledged theory of any single cognitive function gives models an important exploratory role. Second, their complexity makes DNNs particularly well-suited for explanation. There is a lot to explore. We highlight three ways how explanation using DNNs benefits cognitive science. 1. By generating new hypotheses that can be investigated empirically. 2. Through proof-of-principle demonstrations that create plausibility. And 3. By determining the suitability of the target phenomenon. DNN explanation generates new hypotheses. Exploring models can create novel ideas. How does this formally work? Mary Hesey offered a canonical analysis in terms of analogies. Any model has positive, negative and neutral analogies with respect to a target model. Positive and negative analogies are characteristics that are known to be shared or not shared, respectively, by the model and the target. Neutral analogies are those for which we do not know whether the model and the target share them. Negative analogies are due to distortions, idealizations and abstractions that limit a model's scientific value, while positive and negative analogies are established relations between model and target and thus offer no new insight. Neutral analogies allow us to learn novel facts about the target. Transfer to debate on DNNs, this means that the investigation of neutral analogies between DNNs and the brain is a promising source of new hypotheses for empirical testing. For example, like the brain, DNNs consist of rather simple processing units whose concerted activation enables complex functions such as object recognition. However, while DNNs are made in silica and their units have simple time-invariant dynamics, human brains are organic and show highly complex dynamics. The neutral analogies comprise all properties of which we do not know whether DNNs and brains share them or not. DNNs as proof-of-principle demonstrations in engineering, proof-of-principle demonstrations show the feasibility of a particular approach to a problem by creating an artifact that solves the problem. Their success motivates further scientific attention. Transfer to debate on DNNs, proof-of-principle demonstrations highlight the feasibility of modeling behavior or neural data using DNNs and thereby motivate further scientific attention towards DNNs. To exemplify feed-forward DNNs trained on object categorization reach performance levels similar to humans on particular object recognition tasks. 
and they accurately predict object-related brain activity. These results are proof of principal demonstrations for the feasibility of purely feed-forward, bottom-up, rather than feedback, top-down dependent solutions. Why they do not definitely prove that object vision solely relies on bottom-up processing, such investigations motivate further research, exploring how much of vision a purely bottom-up approach can account for. Conversely, if particular analogies between DNNs and the brain only emerge when top-down wiring is implemented in the DNN model, one could infer that top-down processes are also recruited during neural processing. DNNs assess the suitability of the phenomenon modelled. In theories that are not fully fledged, the concepts that identify and distinguish parts of the phenomena to be explained are not fully established either. In this case, experimentation and theoretical concept development are interwind activities, where concepts are refined and revised in the light of experimental results. Modeling can thereby have the same effect as experimentation. It can make us change our concepts. For example, by observing the model's behavior, we find novel regularities that may become part of the concept. Or by determining under which conditions modeling results are reproducible, we engage in concept stabilization. In effect, the concepts we use to identify and describe a phenomenon change. To transfer these to the debate on DNNs, consider two examples in the investigation of the neural basis of object vision. In the first example, the authors explored how a DNA trained on object categorization predicts different object properties. As expected, object category was increasingly well predicted along the DNN's processing hierarchy. Given that successful object recognition requires tolerance against changes in category orthogonal properties, it seemed plausible to assume that the prediction of such orthogonal object properties diminishes along the processing hierarchy. Surprisingly, the authors found the opposite. The DNN predicted category orthogonal object properties increasingly well along the DNN's processing hierarchy too. This led to a hypothesis challenging current neural theories of object vision. In federal temporal IT contexts, in primates may be representing such category orthogonal properties too. Analysis of electrophysiological data confirm this prediction. Here, model exploration and subsequent empirical investigation led to an important refinement of the classical two-stream hypothesis of the visual brain. Another example involves recent findings on transfer learning, where a DNN trained on one task is evaluated in another task. During transfer learning, typically the pre-trained DNN's output layer is replaced. Next, the mapping between DNN activations and the output layer is retrained on another task. This procedure tests whether features learned during one task are general enough to solve another task. 
It turns out that a DNN trained on object categorization learns features useful for a wide range of tasks, such as fine-grained discrimination, silency prediction, and scene recognition. Such observations make predictions to which degree resources underlying different visual functions may be shared in the human brain. Caveats and limitations of DNN exploration The explorative use of models is subject to several caveats and limitations. First, when modeling proceeds theory, quality standards and benchmarks are not well developed and often implicit. We play to give DNN's incognitive science the benefit of the doubt, avoiding too strict standards that may curb burgeoning developments prematurely. In turn, DNN modeling has to use this leeway for theory building. Second, the same model may be used exploratively in one context, but for explanation in another. To enable fair assessment, researchers should make transparent how they use the model. Third, exploring models rather than the wood bears the danger of mistaking the model for the wood. Investigating DNNs might be mistaken for investigation of the human brain or behavior. To avoid this, exploration must be accompanied by experimentation on the target phenomenon. In sum, the exploratory power of DNNs makes them excellent starting points for new theories and for revising existing theories. DNN modeling generates new hypotheses. It allows for proof-of-principle demonstrations and it helps refine our scientific concepts. To not lead astray, however, exploration should not be confused with explanation or experimentation. Concluding remarks and future directions. Taking a bird's eye view from the stance of philosophy of science, we took a fresh look on what is at stake in the debate on DNNs as models for behavior and neural activity. We emphasize for take-home messages for future research. First, given the current level of theory development and the need to trade off model desiderata, we should embrace DNNs as one of many diverse kinds of useful models. Second, through their predictive power, DNNs have reached potential as tools for scientific research and application. Third, we should use DNNs' explanatory power for theorization, but make explicit what type of explanation is at stake to allow first assessment and criticism. Finally, the exploratory power of DNNs deserves our heightened attention. The computational complexity of DNNs makes them particularly suited candidates for exploration, promising theoretical insight that we cannot foresee today. The development of DNNs is progressing rapidly, and applications of DNNs in cognitive science are increasing and diversifying. This means that the types of predictions, explanations and explorations employed will diversify accordingly. Theoretical discussion accompanying these developments is needed to ensure that cognitive scientists make the best possible use of DNN's models. Thank you for listening to this article. Please do follow me on Twitter for reading and suggest the next publication you would like to listen to.